0: Welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. Springtime. I love springtime. I love wind. I love when it's really windy. I like a little rain. I hate to work in the rain. Working in the rain is awful. I don't care what city you're in. When all your dressing's getting wet and uh, sucks. Um, yes, enjoying the springtime in LA. It's very nice. I have a a sinus infection, I think, or a cold. So I'm going to try to make this a little fast because my voice is probably annoying. More annoying than usual. And how can that be? Um, I wanted to thank some of the listeners who have reached out in the last week. I feel like I got a lot of uh, little emails from people in this just past week. Like, you know, I get him here and there and, and, and sometimes it's just a little blurb about the podcast and everything, which is so nice. Thank you. I had questions from Bones and Veep and someone from my alma mater and a chick from Philly. Like, it was really nice. It was a very rounded uh, bunch of questions and comments. So thank you. And if you have any comments or questions, as long as they're good, uh, you can always (laughs) uh, email me at kimwanup at decoratingpagespodcast.com. And yeah uh anything or any suggestions or if you want to be on the podcast if you think you can handle this uh just just email me i'll talk to you it's awesome well, so i forgot to mention a week or so ago um i don't know i know not everyone can get emmy magazine and i'm unsure if you can log in to get their magazine but um it doesn't have a doesn't have that month but it's issue number two in 2022 and um Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway are on the cover for We Crashed but there is a wonderful article in here about The Marvelous Miss Maisel and how the sets go into the 60s and production designer Bill Groom and uh, uh set decorator Ellen Christensen. I mean, I do love the sets as I'm watching it. There are some fantastic details in this. um, There's like a stripper club that she works at. And it's like vaudeville-ish and this dressing room is just to die for. I mean, all of her wardrobe and everything is so fantastic also. But the sets are, they're phenomenal every season. But it's a really good article speaking to them about moving the show into the 60s and the color palette and the little changes that the characters had to make and so I would definitely recommend if you could read that it's in Emmy magazine so I'm still watching that what what else is one of watching you ask um I started Julia on HBO Max about Julia Child and I like it. I really like it. I keep thinking I just want Stanley Tucci in it is what I really want. But I think the chick who's playing Julia Child is really good. The sets are phenomenal. Also, Steve Cooper and Patricia von Brandstein are the production designers. Set decorators Tiffany Zupala and Vanessa Knoll are set decorating, it says. And so just really into... Julia right now. I also finally started Ted Lasso and um wow. It's really funny. I mean, I knew it was going to be good, so but I I saved it. And <laughs> my brother is visiting this week and we just me and my husband and my brother did like the whole season in two nights. So um uh, yeah, really enjoying that. And then the conclusion of the dropout was this week. Awesome. And which will lead me into next week's episode with set decorator Kimberly Leonard. So next week, drop out, Kimberly Leonard. Awesome. So yeah, that's what I've been up to this week besides trying not to be sick while I'm off, which is always what happens. You're off and then you get sick. It's like your body just gives out just a little bit to relax and then it catches a cold. Whatever, I'm fine. I'll get over this is part two of my interview with production designer Marek dobrolowski his new film that was released in 2019 but is now being re-released I believe because of pandemic is called I'll find you it's a story of um, young kids with talent of an opera singer and a violinist and they grow up together um, dreaming of performing together in Carnegie Hall but, the Germans and it's during like concentration camps and the invasion of Poland tears them apart. So it's really, it's it's rough. but It's a really good film. And he talks about shooting the whole film in his native Poland. And um, he was able to select historically accurate locations for scenes. And it really gives this film um, the period feel and of, of Nazi Germany and Really beautiful. We also talk about his start as a theater designer, which led to a series of nine fairy tale TV movies in, I think, one year, which is crazy. His projects also include Mr. Mercedes, Last Action Hero, Under the Dome, Hitler Rise of Evil, which he won an Emmy for his designs. And um, again, if you didn't get to hear last week's, we talk about The Walking Dead, which he is currently designing for its last episode. So I hope you enjoy. Did you oh yes. Did you say you're in Chicago? Is that
1: what you just yes. Yeah. Oh, how is it? It's, uh cold. It was cold, it's kind of Yeah. Kind of, uh, it was cold.
0: Well springtime uh, springtime it'll just spring be cold time, and windy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's yes, cold and windy and then you know every second it changes the changes you know, so.
0: yeah you're there working or you live there
1: yes i'm doing Justify, the reboot of justified
0: oh, oh that's exciting
1: yeah i did uh, what, 10 years ago more i think 12. wow i did the pilot uh with michael dinner and then uh they did a series for seven years and uh, uh Michael asked me again to do the pilot
0: not oh, the pilot,
1: but we're doing eight episodes. It's a reboot. It's based on an Elmer Mannard book called City Removal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael's directing <clears throat> four hours. Uh, Quentin is directing two oh. or maybe one. We don't know yet if it's one or two. And then, yeah, they're all together either four or three other directors.
0: Oh, that's great! And so I'm assuming yeah. it's based in Chicago this time. <laughs>
1: uh, no, no, it's based in, De- <laughs> oh. it, it's based in Detroit. But uh, Chicago oh. is uh, because of the crew base and also the fact that uh, there's no uh, tax incentive mm. in Detroit. So you know how they prep and then they shoot and yeah. everything is about the taxes I- and the money.
0: I mean, it's a different skyline and all, but I it can't, it can't be that bad <laughs> location. No, so that,
1: but it's but it's actually, you know, Chicago is a beautiful city. And we shot here uh, twice, with Michael, because I did uh, The Beast here with Patrick Spacey, mm-hmm. which was a series that they did here. I didn't do the series, I just did the pilot. And then we did something which was called ATF. It was a pilot that never went anywhere. Mm-hmm also chicago for chicago uh, and justified we did in kentucky uh uh no sorry we did in pittsburgh for kentucky and then they did the series in uh, los angeles right and we did bionic women in uh, vancouver for md city uh, in the states
0: i like when they do um atlanta for la <laughs> or oh, yeah 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 <laughs> I like when they they go out of town to do L.A., that's always... I know,
1: I know, I know. Can we do L.A. here?
0: Yeah, then you have to put palm trees in instead of always taking them out. (laughs) Or
1: I shot Mr. Mercedes for Midwest in Charleston, so we had to take the palms out.
0: Right. Mr. Mercedes was such a phenomenal series.
1: Yes, you're one of the few.
0: Who R- saw it? No. It. Oh, oh yes. no. I think a lot of people saw that series. Yes, that,
1: really?
0: I mean, I I'm blanking on the the main guy's name, but what a perform! Brandon. What a character. Brandon
1: Gibson. Brandon
0: I mean, what a fantastic character for him to, to, to portray.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was a great actor. And, uh, I mean, you know, Stephen King's writing and uh, David D. Kelly yeah are, 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 are together are, are great and uh, i work with, with jack bender we did the uh, um,
0: i'm also a huge jack so- bender fan i mean from way back oh, like really? he's i every time i mean from <laughs> lost or like all what? the shows in the 90s that he did like i don't know he just really got around and <laughs> had some really good
1: yeah, yeah jack is great so we we met on uh, under the dome another stephen king we did two uh, seasons uh, both in uh, in wilmington north carolina mm. and then uh, we did uh, the last ship
0: which was huge uh,
1: in, in los angeles we did two seasons i normally did two seasons never do more but one exception uh, uh, was uh, mr mercedes we did three you did all you did all, we, all, did, did
0: all. you did all you three. Did you? Did you know it was going to be like thirty, like three seasons when they we, started? We
1: kind of knew. Yeah. We, yes, I think we knew. I think I think David and 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 uh, Mike and uh, and Jack and Stephen King they knew that it's a kind of a thirty something episode show. Uh, so um they were kind of prepared for that, and. Uh, um, it was, you know, with Dyke TV, then was bought by AT&T. It was very badly released, and actually, nobody saw it really, you know.
0: I binged then, it on like who on something, oh, yeah, Hulu. Yeah, it yeah went Hulu. on Hulu yeah. later.
1: It went on Hulu later, and then it went, and now it's on Peacock. Mm. And Peacock was talking to Jack about doing it uh, again, like a reboot, you know.
0: Oh,
1: maybe yeah. it happens, maybe it, it, it won't.
0: So did you, did you, uh, read the the books beforehand, or just oh, stick yeah, to the this. script? Not, sorry.
1: The books were great. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I sometimes you wonder, well, if they're writing it just for TV, how much of the book are they using? But it seems like with with this, he was close. Well, have you read the book? I did not read the books. No. But
1: well, you should read the book.
0: Yeah, I guess if because I'm a fan of the, the show, you know, the
1: book. Uh, the book is great, and uh, Under the Dome is a fantastic
0: book. That I didn't read, but, but yeah.
1: But because because it was done for CBS, then they had to really make it, you know, for a CBS uh, public. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it was so great. The first episode, first year, first year was great, and then the writing was kind of not so good and they tried to please the censorship of cbs you know, and, and stuff like that and you can't do that with, with stephen king if you don't have that yeah that uh, his approach to characters and the horrible things that they do because they're horrible people you know did he have uh,
0: so uh, there was a... did did he have input on on you know the character well, he, he
1: doesn't have input you know uh uh Jack developed a good relationship mm-hmm. with Stephen, and Stephen always says that he, the, those, the, those are the best interpretation of his books.
0: Mm, oh, that's you, fantastic. Might,
1: you know, so that's nice. Um, but um, they share you know, information, and, and, and you know, Jack shares information with him. Um, with uh, uh, David E. Kelly, uh, David wrote the scripts and Jack interacted with David. I think they had some conversation with Steven and then we, we worked very freely in terms of adapting locations, ideas of where it is and stuff like that. Mm. So, uh, David is very open to directors inputs, you know, uh, he, he just wants his, uh, message dialogue and characters to come through and if it's a better idea for a better setup and location then he's very open to change that you know which, and is, it, which is kind of nice
0: it must be i mean it i think it was three times you worked with jack bender there must be such a shorthand relationship yeah. you have with him in 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 design yeah, and, and jack i don't
1: know if you know that jack is a painter
0: oh no that's
1: yes good. jack is a painter and uh, jack painted uh, my so i'll share the portrait. <laughs> By uh, now, on the podcast, you, you can't share the portraits, right?
0: That's all right, for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, well, Jack is a very creative uh, artist, you know. And uh, uh, so, yeah, maybe find it. Um, and he writes books, uh, illustration books, like story books. And you should uh, try to Google that because. Mm-hmm. His book, I found one book here in the bookstore of the, the Museum of Modern Art, or no Museum of Contemporary Art, um, and the women at the museums, I said, oh, you know, Jack Bender's, <gasps> I love this book, this is the best book, and blah, 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 and uh, she didn't even know that he made other books.
0: Oh, my God, that's and,
1: fantastic. And then I texted Jack a picture with me and the book and her and <laughs> in the museum, so he was floored about it and liked that. And they kind of reconnected because he wrote another book just recently. Mm-hmm. And those are illustrations, not illustrations, but those stories, you know, very interesting stories. I'm trying to find that. Picture.
0: I mean, it seems like he's always directing How does he have the time?
1: Uh, well, that's his uh, relief. You yeah. Know, that's the, the, the,
0: yeah, um, I guess we all find the, the way, time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the way he, he is, sane you know because if you don't have that then it's very
0: hard (laughs) something Um, needs to keep us all sane
1: (laughs) yeah oh my god that's
0: fantastic yeah it's a portrait of you yeah (laughs) it's fantastic well he's good he's uh
1: my jack is good Good. yeah yeah, Google Jack Bender and you'll see some books and you can order some books if you're a fan of Jack Bender
0: oh yeah if, well, if you
1: want Jack to, to sign a book for you
0: uh, and I had no Jack to sign I had no idea that's amazing yeah. it's always yeah. great I mean everyone is in the you know they're creative it's it's no surprise that people have other creative outlets but the time to do it is always <laughs> something special yeah, and
1: then Jack also writes uh, he wrote, uh one script his daughter is a writer uh the other daughter is a costume designer and uh, uh there was a project uh um beverly hills furrier his father was a furrier in oh. beverly hills oh wow and he was a furrier for the stars I and mean, it's a very interesting story in the 60s <laughs> where women wore furs and they went to uh, the fancy restaurants and it's, Oh. Spago, but I forgot the names of those restaurants. I, I was not around in, the, in Los Angeles. And, but, uh,
0: Where are you from?
1: Septi- I'm originally from Poland.
0: From Poland. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: from Poland, and uh, I came here on a Fulbright scholarship oh, wow. in the 80s. And then I worked in theater. Uh, I was a theater designer. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, for several years, I worked off a Broadway in New York. And then I met uh, through an agent manager, actually John Pryor's manager. Yeah. Uh, I met uh, uh, Manahem Golan and Yoram Globus from Canon Films.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they asked me if I can design eight, actually it was 12 fairy tales. You know, I know. Tales.
0: <laughs> I found it so interesting that like, like in the beginning of your career, you have, the Frog Prince, Rumpelstiltskin, Beauty and yeah, the Beast, yeah. Snow White. I mean, I was like, wow, he got a. <laughs> it's a nice thing to get little pigeonholed in just to get your creativity going with all these fairy tales. But what a great start.
1: So it was a great start. You know, uh, as I said, I was a theater designer and opera designer in Europe. I, I designed the operas and, and, and dramatic plays and Shakespeare and Verdi and... And then I came to the States and uh, I did some off off Broadway. Uh, I, I, I worked with uh, um, uh, with Sylvia Miles, with Dan Venara, with uh, um uh, John Woodward, uh, so a couple of big, big uh, stage uh, actors and film actors. And and then and yes. I
0: mean these you did like two or three a year. You were busting them out.
1: <laughs> you were... What, the, the fairy tales? Yeah. No, I did nine in 12 months.
0: Oh my God. Sounds... Because
1: what we did is the first one was Rampo Stilskin with uh, Billy Barty and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Amy Irving, uh, Steven Spielberg's mm-hmm. then wife. Yeah. And her brother David Irving was the director. He's, he was the chair of NYU Tisch School of mm-hmm. Art and the, the film department. And now he's a senator in the, at NYU, but he's still uh, in, in, in the film department, one of the professors. Oh and uh, we did with Billy Barty uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, Amy uh, Irving-Rampostoski, uh, and then uh, Chance Connery's son, Jason, play, played the prince, I remember. There were and, so many uh, stars.
0: Uh, what? There's so many stars in them.
1: Yeah, and then and then uh, what happened? What happened? What?
0: Christopher Walken, you have in Poison Oh yeah, boots? yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> so what happened? What happened? Stephen came to visit Amy, and uh, and uh, Manahan uh, was so thrilled, you know, he wanted Stephen to direct something, but of course it didn't happen. Mm. And uh, they decided that uh, it's going so well in the middle of the shooting of the first one that we're gonna do two prep two and shoot two so i was prepping two and shooting two uh, movies and then we did uh, in the row you have it in front of you right the yeah IMDb. i
0: have it i have yeah, it yeah so maybe
1: you can read it because i have to yeah. look at it i don't even remember it's... sleeping <laughs> oh, wait. beauty
0: but i gotta go up to movies yeah i mean i was looking at it and i was like wait are these all mo-? and they're all like full-length like movies the and, Frog and Prince, fe- Rob yes. Beauty and the Beast, The Emperor's New Clothes.
1: Yeah, Beauty and the Beast with, with, uh, 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 with John Savage and Rebecca De Mornay. Rebecca
0: De Norde. The Emperor's New Clothes.
1: With Sid Caesar.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Snow White. I mean. Yes,
1: with Tanya Welsh and with uh, uh, Diana Wick.
0: Red Riding Hood.
1: With Isabella Rossellini and Craig T Nelson.
0: I love Craig T Nelson. Puss in Boots yeah. with Christopher Walker. With
1: Christopher Walker. amazing.
0: Hansel and Gretel, I mean.
1: Yes, uh, with Hansel and Gretel, with uh, John Warner. Yeah. Who else is in this John. Warner. Um, so the whole idea be, be, be behind the scene was course, that we started with, and, and Lichman, of Leachman, of course, the, like, the witch. Yeah. And, uh, um, it started with the kind of a medieval world. And I said, we have to start the, the first, the first uh, movie it should be something which is medieval and I can change the periods and finish in Baroque and, uh, and mm-hmm. that's what we did. I built this, mm-hmm. this castle and then we adapted the village and this, and then we adapted the interiors and, mm-hmm. and then, uh, we ended up in kind of, uh, Emperor's new, P- uh, new clothes and kind of a Rococo version, you know. And bar, walk, walk,
0: walk. did the th- did the theater background lend to those, especially being fairy tales, that these were able to convert to? to TV yeah, sets?
1: I think I think that's what, the film uh, drew, that was, what drew that what drew and Yoram to me and they hired me because I had that theatrical experience, the period experience, and and uh, um, and I had very little film experience. Uh, and we went to Israel. We shot them all in Israel and in Italy with some exteriors in Italy. So everything was built. And uh, uh, and uh, it was for kids, you know, but musicals, uh, uh, you know, but, and, and they were very charming and some great characters. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, in Sleeping Beauty, uh, 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 my goodness, uh, Sylvia Miles. Remember Sylvia Miles? Sylvia Miles, who, who played with Dustin Hoffman in uh, in Midnight Cowboy. She ah. was the lady with the dog. That <laughs> yes. uh, that uh, what's his name? Um, the cowboy. Oh,
0: um, John Voight.
1: John Voight, yeah, John yeah. Voight uh, was uh, trying to pick, or she was picking him up. And, Sylvia uh, Miles also was in, uh, one of the plays I did, uh, upstate New York, um, that's when we met, uh, and this was, uh, Long Day's Journey into Night, I think, mm. yeah, actually, Long Day's Journey into Night. Uh, so, uh, there were some interesting characters, actors, you know, and, uh, and they were fun. There was a lot of fun. Uh. i said we did nine and i can't believe
0: i can't believe you did so many in in a short amount of time but i feel it seems like you designed it so that you were able to convert those sets and allow them to shoot that way i mean yes that was the idea that was the
1: idea that you know uh when you come from a european background and you know history and history of art and all that uh, it's probably easier to figure this out yeah. you know so so uh, because i know that you can have a medieval castle and you change some furniture and something and you add some elements and you can be in the renaissance and you change some more and you can be in, in baroque and then you add some more and it's Rococo. you know it's so magic. i think that was the approach yeah, so then, did you
0: come back to LA after that to work, or did you did do you?
1: No, I no, I lived in Paris, Paris. Uh, and uh, uh, from New York, I I went to Israel, then I lived in Paris for a year, uh, tried to do some some stuff there, uh, some f- French uh, English productions that n- n- never happened, and after several months, uh, maybe six months or something, I came back to the states. And uh, I did the first movie with uh, that. Uh, that. Uh, uh,
0: the movie.
1: Solons, uh, Todd Solons, Todd Solons directed for propaganda.
0: Fear, Fear anxiety, anxiety, and and anxiety, and depression. Yeah.
1: And Todd was discovered as the new Woody Allen. And he was a very funny guy.
0: Yeah. And
1: very weird and very eccentric. And, and then the movie didn't work out for him. I think there were too many things that he took on himself because he was the writer, he was the leading star, he was the director. Right. And, uh, probably didn't have enough experience and, and, and didn't know which role at which point you have to play, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot.
1: And yes, that's a lot. Uh, and uh, and uh, he it, 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 the movie didn't come out the way he thought.
0: It's good. Plus, he's acting in it. I mean... <laughs>
1: because he's acting in it. Yes. And then uh, for a couple of years, he was gone. And then he uh, he did The uh, Dollhouse or... What I think it was Happiness. Happiness, yes. Yeah. And, and, and there were great movies. And, and, Happ-
0: uh, yeah. Happiness is a very good, disturbing movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, very good disturbing <laughs> movie. I never reconnected with him because I moved to LA and he stayed in New York. Um, I, I worked um, as an art director with, with uh, assistant art director, sorry, assistant art director with a great production designer, Janine Opulo. Yes. Uh, and, She's uh, my hero. Um, <laughs> he's your hero. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and with uh, um, uh, Robert Wise, it was his last uh, picture. Taylor Hackford was the producer and uh, Hawk, uh, uh, Howard Hawk Koch mm. was the other producer. Um, later I met, uh, uh, Taylor in, uh, in Los Angeles. I was their director of blood and blood out, mm-hmm. by the Chicano mafia. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so, so from New York. I did one or two more things there and then and then moved to Los Angeles and then moved out early early 90s
0: I mean obviously the craft sticks out to me as a movie I saw many times so (laughs) so so
1: so after after the the blood and blood out experience where I worked with Bruno Rubel Italian uh, production designer who worked in the states a lot and he worked a lot with uh, Oliver Stone. He did a couple of great uh, pictures with Oliver Stone. And he connected with with Taylor. And uh, I was his art director and uh, became friends. And after that, uh, I art directed one more uh, film, which was uh, the, uh, the Last uh, Action Hero, last Schwarzenegger. Action.
0: Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. and uh, Eugenio Zanetti, uh, Argentinian production designer. Uh, uh, which was... at the time
0: at the time it didn't do well but it's it's a decent film i mean it's not horrible
1: it's a great film. yeah, yeah. it's a it's... it's a spoof it's a comedy yeah you know, the, but... i think the biggest problem of this movie was that the studio the director could not figure out that it should be more of a spoof and less of an action picture mm. and you know uh, um uh, john mctiernan who did uh, all those action great with, with Bruce Willis you know uh um, uh or Die hard? Plays the cop or Die yes, Hard Die Hards. Yeah. Die Hard's uh is a great action director that f- fantastic action and here it's a it's a comedy of action and and the action is is just a vehicle and uh, I don't think uh, they pulled it together and there was a lot of expectations and then um there was uh, reviews they even went so far that that sony paid for uh, advertising on the rocket uh, <laughs> uh, one of the Apollo rockets went out in space oh, and yeah. old last last action hero going to space but the reviews were the, di- the dinosaurs ate arnold yeah. because they released the first jurassic park
0: the same week so yeah.
1: the same weekend yeah so so it couldn't but I've seen the movie recently, a couple of years ago yeah. with my kids. My son is 17 and my daughter is 15 and they loved it. Yeah. And uh, I felt that there's a lot of good humor there and the story is uh, charming and, uh, and he's very good, very funny. Um, and somehow it just, uh, the public never, never got it. You yeah. Know?
0: I don't know why. I think that is definitely a film that yeah. needs to be revisited. But and and it was a huge budget it's um, for the day I it mean it was the
1: first yeah it was the first 100 million dollar yeah um, I think so it's a big budget
0: pressure yeah. the pressure of that but you yes. know um did you like going back to art directing like I know some people can go back and forth I, I and... never
1: went back to art directing mm-hmm. because I uh, my first movie I designed I was never an art director
0: Right you just so
1: I just I just did art directing for the only reason, kind of, you know, yeah. sorry to admit, but I have to admit, when I lived in New York, I had to get into the Union, the A25, and yeah. then when I moved to Los Angeles, I'd get into the Union. So yeah. <laughs> then movies started non-Union very often, you know, and then people got into the Union, those who have not been in the Union, and uh, and then after that after last action hero i i continue oh yes it's, it's why i went back yeah because in new york i i i was the production designer so you can say that i went back to art directing yes yeah, so, well i just needed that, that experience this yeah. studio big hollywood picture experience
0: it is usually the either that or the money or hey it wasn't busy and i thought i'd jump in or there's not usually many designers that would want to go back and forth because and and as a decorator i wouldn't i don't wouldn't want to go back and forth in a sense that like i'd want to i just feel like i need to make the decision and move on and not let someone of course. else yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's a little different when you jump in from uh, you know five million dollar picture to a hundred million dollar picture right right so that experience is, is very valuable you know cindy Carr? she was the yes costume designer. i know
0: of her i don't know her, her. personally yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes
1: cindy's great yeah um so she was the costume designer and, and did some fabulous things and eugenia is very creative and he got an oscar for uh oh my goodness it was fantastic 17th century england uh, No, i forgot what it was uh-uh. no, I don't um, know.
0: in the 90s no yes yes, yes. Oh, i have to look it up late, late 90s um, um think, yeah, but from then from then on i mean you're still you're still busting them out you're doing like one or two a year I mean, you don't, you never take a break.
1: <laughs> I mean, don't stop. No, I never take you it do away.
0: not stop. <laughs> um, is, there, uh, is there a time because you, and I think what happens with a lot of us is this: the jobs just come in one section, so you go for it. But do you prefer working in TV now or films?
1: No, I, TV I think was a, a kind of a natural transition because what happened, it, it, I did a lot of miniseries, mm-hmm. and I liked the miniseries format.
0: Yeah, because the
1: miniseries format is is bigger than the feature uh, because you have more hours to fill. Uh, the budgets are a little smaller, but overall. They're bigger than standard TV at that time produced, you know, mm-hmm. network television. So, for example, if the the, the first uh, mini series I think was that I did was Monks? was it what?
0: Uh, Scam, um, Scam, Father. No, Lion. Scam was
1: a was a TV, TV movie. No, Scam was a TV movie with Christopher Walken and and uh, um, uh, Bracco.
0: Lorraine uh, Bracco, yeah.
1: Lorraine Oh no. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, the mini series after that, where if you looked at the uh, the, uh, the TV things, it could have been uh, uh, Into oh. the West, or there was one
0: before. There was uh, Monsters, Scam, Fatherland, no. Peter and the Wolf, and then Hitler, the Rise of Evil, yes. and Hitler then the Rise and of then the Into the West. It has Into the West,
1: yeah. Hitler, the Rise of Evil, yeah. was the first mini series with. Uh, Canadian uh, uh, French director Christian Duguay.
0: Did you shoot that in Poland or Russia or? No, no.
1: We shot. We shot it in Prague. In Prague. We, we shot it in Prague and in Prague uh, in the Barndup Studio. I was able to rebuild. Uh, I traveled a lot in Munich and, and because it was kind of based in Munich and in Berlin, uh, all the beer houses of the famous uh, places were the. The party uh, met, uh, and where he operated, uh, he was from Salzburg. So it was a piece of Austria. It was a piece of World War One, which did not make it uh, entirely uh, mm. to the screen. They cut it out, and uh, uh, everything else was done in Prague. We went to Vienna to shoot the Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna because uh, he was. He wanted to be a painter and uh, unfortunately they did not accept him.
0: He was no and, Jack uh, Bender.
1: He was not Jack Bender. Uh, that's why he became who he, who yeah. he became, a you know? and that's... it was a very interesting, it was a four hour mini series. It was um, very challenging and interesting to, to, I'm sure. to work in Europe, you know, with some great people, great. Uh, Art directors, decorators, and um, I got an ending for that.
0: Yes, you have a uh, prime time money for Hitler: The Rise of Evil, and then in your recent film, you it's also about like the, the war and and Hitler too. So you must yes. have you must have had some research already in your pocket that you could go back Gosh, on.
1: But I had some research in my pocket. If yeah, we can jump to to. To, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll,
0: find, I'll find you. I'll find you.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Martha Coolidge, cool enough, and uh, and uh, Fred Roos, uh, the producer, um, who worked with Coppola for many, 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 many years and many movies, and uh, did uh, all the Godfather. He's mm. a uh, legend. <clears throat> so they developed uh, together the story of. Uh, a love affair between uh, a, a christian boy and, uh, and a jewish girl and uh, it went to different phases of adaptations and fred ward uh, uh the renowned oscar winner, uh, uh screenwriter he wrote uh, uh, with paul newman uh, the sting and uh, uh, we went to Poland and because I am from Poland and I went to that kind of a fine arts, they felt that, that uh, maybe that would be a good idea. And I haven't worked in Poland since I left uh, in the
0: oh, wow.
1: 80s. So uh, and I worked in theaters so and it was very different, but it was very interesting. And, you know, we had a strong tradition of Polish cinema, uh, so there was a lot of very uh, well-trained uh, people you know, that uh, we could hire and i had entirely polish crew Mm -hmm. we had a polish cinematographer who alexander bruschinski who is a friend of mine and happens that we knew each other when we were teenagers (laughs) he left poland he emigrated to Denmark, and then years later we met in new york uh where he oh, so um, directed movies like uh, 50 uh, studio uh, 54 uh and several others and then uh, he moved to l.a and i moved to l.a and then we did the craft together we go back to the craft after yeah. um and then i recommended him to martha i said well if you're shooting this in poland maybe you should have a polish american you know cinematographer who understand the language and the culture and it will be easier for you to to operate and, and work in this environment. So uh, being in Poland was very interesting. We went to Wuj. The story was written for Wuj, which is a, a town uh, uh, on, in the middle of Poland. That Warsaw is in the middle, and when you go west towards the uh, the German uh, border, uh, there's this town called Wuj, which was a uh, a uh, uh, center of uh, of uh, weaving factories and textile it was a huge textile empire and uh, the biggest uh, the biggest uh, uh, client of all those uh, huge textile factories was the russian czar because mm. the russian czar had four million conscripts uh, in the army so he had to dress them hmm. and he had those officers that he had to dress and so they were producing all those uh, incredible uniforms uh and that we you know from, from movies and pictures and uh, uh, we shot in one of those palaces that were a giant to so those huge factories
0: was that the uh, cocktail party
1: that was the cocktail party it was the, the, school. the school it was the school the staircase mm-hmm. and the christmas party
0: oh, yeah. so
1: this was part of his palace which was a historical museum of the town wood cutting to the chase uh, so we scouted in that town and this town was in the 20s uh, actually earlier in the turn of uh, after world war before world war one uh, during the the industrial revolution it was a center of uh, there were three nations, there were Poles, there were Germans, and there were Jews, Jew- Polish Jews, but they were assimilated. And, uh, there was a lot of, uh, Orthodox Jewish families too, but, but the more assimilated Jews were the ones who were in the business of textile businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's a story of this young uh, boy. It starts in the the 20s. We've seen the movie, yes. yes. Uh, And uh, he, his father works for a textile company and he's an industrialist. He doesn't produce, but he sells and buys. And uh, they're in the music school. They're 10 years old. And each of them plays different instruments. And uh, the boy tried to play the violin. He was not very good. But there was a great violinist uh, girl who was Jewish and uh, she was incredible and uh, and talented and uh, the boy could not uh, stand the fact that she's better than him and uh, uh, years later 10 years later we meet them again he, the boy went to warsaw to study voice oh there's a very interesting scene in the opera house where the teacher's brother famous german opera singer comes uh, with a recital that and uh, one of the kids when they greet the the singer after the recital on stage because the sister who's the teacher introduces the kids to her brother uh and uh, one of the girls said and what he asked are you any of you are it's a singer and they point at this boy and he has a beautiful voice and and he tells him if you ever want to study uh, voice, when, when their voice changes, study singing, come to Berlin. And we cut to 10 years later, you know, the war starts. Yeah. And uh, um, his girlfriend is hiding in the school's attic, the attic where they played music, which was a kind of a secret place. And unfortunately, the Nazis find the Gestapo, find the family, and they uh, uh, take them to Auschwitz with the concentration camp. The boy works in the underground, and he's able to move to Berlin through his contacts with the the sister uh, of the tenor. And uh, the story evolves what's happening in Berlin. Maybe I should not tell the movie story because I don't think it makes sense. But it leads to this horrifying experience of this young man looking for his beloved through Auschwitz where she was. violin player in um, the Auschwitz orchestra, women's orchestra. What the Nazis did is that they had orchestras in those concentration camps, and especially in Auschwitz, where for the pleasure of, uh, of uh, their pleasure and to just yes. to disguise the, 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 the camp, the orchestras would play when the trains, when the prisoners came, the orchestra would play when the Prisoners went to labor, or to 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 work in the fields, or Did whatever. You, they had to was do. that a
0: build, or was there? Yes. Yeah.
1: So 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 we had the Auschwitz was the gate and all that, and then the build inside the caserne, which was the officers' uh, club, um, and then that story evolves, goes to Berlin, and then finally uh, there's the liberation, uh, where the uh, our hero. Uh, 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 encounters the British Army, and uh, uh, he finds from uh, uh, finds out from them that the camp Buchenwald, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 no, not Buchenwald, sorry uh, uh, bergen dolzen the camp bergen dolzen was liberated by the British, mm-hmm. and that's where she was because he found out earlier uh, through his uh, friend, then friend, uh, the singer. Uh, and that was a build, yes. Mm-hmm. That was a huge build with yeah. some CG extension and all that. Uh, and uh, this, was, uh, this was a camp that, when uh, the British liberated the camp, they filmed everything they, they saw because of, of crimes and, and humanity. And uh, Churchill saw some snippets of, of the documentaries and uh, uh, ask the, the war, um, it's the war, the War Museum didn't exist in England, but uh, he asked the, the military to make a documentary. And he personally wrote a letter to Alfred Hitchcock, who was in Los Angeles, to uh, ask him if he can come back to London to edit this movie from all those hours of hours of documentary after deliberation, And once this uh, movie was cut and he has seen it, he said, this movie can never be shown to the public because it's so horrifying what humans can do to other humans and what the Germans did to the rest of Europe. Yeah. And because it was in the beginning of the Cold War and the Russians were the bad guys now, it yep. was 47, I think. He decided not to release it and show it to the world because the relationship between England and Germany would have never been repaired mm-hmm. because it was so horrifying. So on the basis of this documentary, I was able to restore bergen and oh. the, oh, wow. the horrifying you know, the can.
0: It's tough research to do. Uh, it's...
1: It is a very tough research to do. And I had um Through family, I had uh, a little connections uh, with the history of, uh, of Poland. My father, as a young man when he was twenty five years uh, old in Krakow, uh, was one of the leaders and organizers of an underground organization mm. that helped Jews, and for that he was awarded uh, the Righteous of the World by the Yad Vashem uh, Holocaust Museum oh, wow. in Jerusalem. So oh, that's awesome. I. I had it in my blood. I I knew those stories. I, I knew people who who uh, I think when I was in Israel, I met some friends of my father that was were part of the organization. They were Jewish. He was uh, yeah. he was, uh, 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 goy if you can say so, yeah. and uh, um, and uh, this friendship lasted for all their lives. Yeah. You know because there was this, this incredible organization of Jews who were able in those camps. Uh, Help find people. They were mostly concentrating on professors and intellectuals.
0: Mm.
1: They were trying to get out of Auschwitz. Um, so the story was unfortunately known to me. You know the Holocaust, and uh, so the research was not uh, uh, unknown. Uh, it's never pleasant this kind of research, but uh, I kind of knew how to navigate.
0: Yeah. The research, yeah. Did. Um... The thing that carries through the films is, is the music. Were you given the music before? Like were you giving some sort of something to enhance to inspire the uh, the design of it?
1: I knew I knew a lot of the music because Martha I mean, was dealing with the music co-supervisor and they were rehearsing and I went to rehearsals and I saw what parts are going to be played live and and what parts are not Um, the composer of um, of the music uh, was uh, because there were original pieces of course Mm -hmm. but then the overall music for the movie was uh, composed by jan kaczmarek another polish uh, artist who got an oscar for i forgot for which film i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. Uh, he lived in los angeles for many years and then he kind of went back to poland and I introduced uh, him to, uh, to, to Martha.
0: Maybe Finding and, Neverland? Uh, was it what? Finding, finding Neverland? Neverland?
1: Yes. 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 Yes, yes, Finding Neverland. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote the overall music. Uh, it was recorded, I think, in Prague. And the last scene of the Carnegie Hall, Lyceum Hall, which doesn't exist anymore, that was shot in Kraków in the Philharmonics. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's where Jan lives. Um, so the music was known to me, pieces, you now uh, that Martha would, would play and uh, we would go to rehearsals. I would go to rehearsals and hear some of the music.
0: Um, and then how many different theaters did you shoot in? Cause I, I mean, is it three? We
1: shot, we shot, the opera there house. were, there, there was three theaters in the, in the story. One was the recital. Mm-hmm. Of the german singer then there was an opera of wagner and that was interesting because as i d- mentioned i designed operas so the uh, opera of wagner tristan and the old was staged actually in the same theater but we shot it in such a way that you could probably not s- see that it's the same theater
0: yeah i didn't
1: because we w- changed the lighting and this the, we changed of course we had a big set for for tristan there were two sets or Tristan. You know, our hero, young singer, played a sailor in the first act. Uh, Hitler and Goebbels and, uh, and Himmler and all the other higher-ups um, of the Reich who were there. And uh, uh, and that was the first performance that he did uh, at the Young Man. Uh, and then the third one was the concert, as I mentioned, in uh, Lyce, uh, Lyceum Hall, uh, part of Carnegie Hall, the smaller theater. And yeah. that was shot in the Philharmonics of Krakow.
0: Yeah, I mean, those theaters, I mean, their opera houses, they're, they're gorgeous. Yeah. They're, they're golden, I mean, just mm-hmm. gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous.
1: Beautiful theater. Was, the, 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 this theater was built uh, because, you know, Krakow was under Austro-Hungarian empire. So Franz Josef, the, the Austrian empire, uh, was uh, part of, of that culture. I can say so, the, the Viennese mm, world.
0: Viennese. And then is uh, the the character, um, Sarsgaard's character, Moser's House?
1: Yes, was, yes. Was... So Sarsgaard played uh, played Benno Moser, uh, uh, who was that German uh, singer, and uh, he lip sync. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. And, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you
1: have seen him I love from him. Chernobyl.
0: Yeah.
1: From Chernobyl and many other ones. Yeah. Materno was amazing, mm-hmm. but Leo sutter who played the young singer Robert, he sang.
0: Oh, it is wow. him who's singing. Wow! And
1: yes, I was going to say
0: those young. There's two young actors. I mean, they're all good, but there's two young actors. And
1: the kids and the so kids. Good. And the kids. Uh, the girl is, is a, was a student at Juilliard. And she also was uh, uh, studying violin. But she also played in a couple of miniseries. I mean, uh, not miniseries, uh, in the series in New York. Uh, the British young boy, uh, he learned how to play, so he didn't really play. And Adelaide Clements, who played Rachel, did not play mm. uh, uh, violin. But uh, Robert uh, had a fantastic voice, and he was able to sing all the songs and the operas. and. So it was kind of interesting. It's a,
0: be- it's a beautiful film. And, you know, you know, you always hope that love conquers all. So there's always kind the of love a silver conquers lining. <laughs> all. Yes, you're
1: right. Love <laughs> conquers all. And it's a sweet movie. And I think it's a good movie to show now, you know, with uh, you know, we, what we have, what's yeah. happening now in the Ukraine and, and the threat of war and all that. And and because you're different and I'm different and this whole, whole thing of race, you know, like putin and russians don't don't treat ukrainians as yeah. as as their uh as a slavic nation you know so it's horrible
0: exactly. it's uh it's,
1: it's i think it's the, the moment to show this movie because you know the whole generation of the world war Two, you know those people are gone and they're only their children and the children are old, you know so uh, I hope that the younger uh, audience uh, will enjoy it and yeah. uh, enjoy the the romance of it. You
0: know? is it being re-released? I couldn't I couldn't tell. What... No, no.
1: The problem was the problem. It we finished uh, five years ago, mm-hmm. but it never was shown. There were some problems with with the distribution early on, and then when COVID hit for yeah. two years, they did not want to release it. So we lost that opportunity just before COVID to, to release yeah. it and they didn't want to they wanted to release it and when COVID just was starting and why well, release the movie you know yeah yeah I released
0: it's on uh, Amazon I have Amazon Fire so yes. it's available yeah. there for rent and it really is a, a beautiful film and something to be very proud of for your history I've, I feel especially and and since you've already done the other side the, hit, the Hitler side,
1: it's kind the of Hitler nice side, to yes. do the other side. <laughs> yes, you're right. And, and it was interesting for me, as I mentioned, to work in Poland. I knew a lot of the locations. It was in different towns, mm-hmm. but I knew Krakow very well because my family comes from there. My father and, and his sisters and, and his brother. So I, as a kid, I would visit that town quite often. And also I worked... In, I work with an art director, supervisor, art director, which was my friend. We went to art college together. Oh. And uh, uh, so I had two art directors. The supervising was a friend of mine and the other art director I met. And then I had three uh, set decorators mm. and three construction coordinators. It was huge. We worked in three different towns. It was hundreds and hundreds of sets and everything was period. And uh, the attic was built, you know, I mean, there was a lot of construction. But not on stage, but on locations. On, on locations. stage, we hardly build anything. The modernistic apartment was created in a building, but it never looked like that. So, but uh, some other locations we found, and we were able to dress them right. There's a whole bunch of furniture from that period. So, mm. uh, some places uh, were able to find the, uh, uh, the authenticity. You know, that's that's what you search in and the period.
0: And how wonderful to have a whole Polish crew. I mean, yes. you know, it's great when people get to travel and and do that. But if you're there yes. and you, yes, with your course. background and being from there, that's fantastic.
1: And and then we had, you know, there are reenactors here. We have reenactors of of, uh, of the Civil War, you know, uh, or the Indian wars, or. Uh, uh, but uh, over there, you have reenactors and guys dressed as Nazis or Wehrmacht, yeah. and other guys dressed as uh, as Polish military or Polish partisans. You know, right. so we were able to have all this. Uh, you saw the amount of cars and trucks. I built the the three British uh, uh, British American ambulances. The, the Americans gave equipment to the British when they landed in D- Dunkirk and other places towards the end of the war um when they started the invasion so those those brits had british equipment and american equipment uh-huh. and all this equipment was we were able to find with reenactors even the small uh, tank the british tank that had a flamethrower oh. that burned the uh, bergen beltson yeah. because the idea was uh the british burned bergen beltson because it was so horrifying that they felt that it's better to destroy it than leave it as a monument
0: yeah well I, it was it is probably but then you know then you do forget so I think there's well there, a, there's but... a
1: monument oh and I did not say there's about a monument the movie, yeah because I meant I mentioned about the movie that that Hitchcock uh, uh, edited the movie was released 50 years later in in uh, in 2010 by HBO. So for 50 years, nobody could see that movie, the documentary about Bergen-Belsen. So uh, you can see it now, and it's just horrifying.
0: I don't, I think now that you say that, I remember it, but I don't think I could, I don't think I watched it. I think I thought... You probably. Watch
1: you would, you would watch, you would which watch it, which is sad. You
0: should, you know, you have to face reality here, but yes. some things you Um, So what I found so interesting about Marek besides his wonderful accent was the way he described these projects to me as like history lessons and that is so key as a production designer and a set decorator thinking about doing these period pieces and and like recreation of events that when you do these sets, these recreations, you' there's so much pressure on the art department and set dressing for it to be accurate. And you really got to do your homework and you really got to learn history and learn why that fabric was used then and why you know the structure looked the way it did and and for designers. I mean, it's fun. It's it's the fun part and the research and endless digging till you find that right piece. And then, you know, is it available? Is it in your budget? You never know. So, you know, you're hoping and praying the whole time doing period pieces. They're not easy. They really are not easy. So his work has such a rich reflection of historical stories and his designs are a huge piece of those stories. So just... I'm so glad, and so thankful that I got to speak with him and his wonderful storytelling. I greatly enjoyed it and I hope you did too. Next week, as I said, I have set decorator Kimberly Leonard, whose work you can currently see on Hulu's The Dropout. And when I was watching The Dropout, I was so jealous of whoever got to decorate it. And then I looked it up and I saw that it was my friend of I've uh, known her a while. So we talk about, you know, she has done the Mosquito Coast and, um, oh, she did like a little bit of Free Guy and she did Jane the Virgin. I mean, the crazy ones, which was Robin Williams' last series. So we get into all that. So that's next week. I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Floating always feels better when it's free. Stovey Footy Luxury Pole Float. Available now with free shipping with promo code Float Free on Etsy and StokeyFloaty.com.